to share the good news of what God is doing around the globe. Uh, Again, last week we, we heard uh, all about Project Rescue and what's going on there. I want to let you know that between uh, the offering, BGMC, uh, our women's conference, we were able to give about $7,000 to, to help uh, go and, and raise that. So give it up. Thank you guys for giving and uh, for giving sacrificially. We believe God's going to use that to do incredible things. Well, again, Missions Month couple of the goals, again, you, you heard stated today, but we want to celebrate this month what God is doing around the globe, and so you get to hear stories like that. Uh, we also want to give you a greater awareness uh, of how we can pray for our missionaries, how we can support our missionaries, uh, different causes that we can be a part of, and then also just to bring urgency to the mission that God has called us to. Right? God has, has called us uh, to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Because our mission at our church, anybody remember what our mission statement is? Love God, love people, and share Christ. And I'll tell you what, if all we do is love God, and all we do is love people, but we never share Christ, then we're missing the mark, right? We're, we're missing the mission. I mean, you could say that about any of the points, right? If we share Christ and love people, but we don't take time to love God, then we're missing it too. Uh, but this month, we're specifically focusing in uh, on that mission to share Christ, again, to, uh, to bring the good news to all creation, that all might know, to, to go into Judea and Samaria and, and, and to the ends of the earth, right? We're, we're supposed to go into all the earth. And so today, we are talking about good news, Good news, because we have the greatest news that the world has ever heard. And, and this month, we're going to be looking at Jesus's mission. Several times in the Bible, Jesus talks about his, his mission and what he came to earth to do. Right? We know that he came here to, to die, and, and we know that, that Jesus not only died, but he's not in the tomb anymore. He rose from the dead. And, and uh, so we, we know that. We know that was his purpose. But, but why did he do that? Why did he have to come? And several times in the Bible, we see his mission. We, we see why he said he had to come. So I want you to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 4 this morning. Luke chapter 4. And I believe that in Luke chapter 4, we are going to see uh, why Jesus came. Why did he have to die? Why did he have to be raised from the dead? Why did he have to go through all the pain and, and all the suffering? And over the next four weeks, we're going to break down this verse. We're going to look to it, uh, look at it in depth, because I believe that as we see Jesus's mission, it will help us to greater define our mission, what we're to do, how we're to share Christ. So in Luke chapter four, starting with verse 16, it says this, and Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus, thank you for your word today. Pray that you would speak to us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I mean, what, 
What a scene that happens. Jesus comes into the synagogue that day, and they give him a scroll, the prophet Isaiah, and he unrolls and he specifically picks this passage out of Isaiah chapter 61 that we read today. And, and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news, right? And he goes through all of the lists to set the captives free, to declare the year of the Lord's favor, right? To, uh, to bring a recovery of sight to the blind and all the, these different things. And, and everybody's just kind of staring at him. And then he says, I'm the fulfillment of this prophecy, right? He lets us in a little bit, and everybody's just like, whoa, was not expecting this when I came into synagogue this morning, right? This is, this is something else. Like, is this the Messiah? Is, this, is that what he's claiming to be? And, and so, again, there's four different things in there that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. To, uh, the first one that we're going to look at today is to proclaim good news to the poor. We see this as Jesus' mission. He tells us this is one of his mission points. He came to this earth, and he came to die and rise again because he needed to proclaim good news to the poor. He needed to proclaim. That's, that's why he was on earth. That was one of the reasons. And so uh, today I want to go in-depth on that, that first point, to proclaim good news to the poor. And that word to proclaim good news, some, some of your Bibles, it may say, I came to preach to the poor. Uh, but that word to proclaim good news or to preach that they use there in the Greek is actually euangelizo. Euangelizo. And some, uh, literally this, this word euangelizo means to bring good news. To bring good news. So to follow Jesus's example, we need to bring good news. That was his mission, to come to the earth, to bring good news, and that should be ours as well. You know, that word euangelizo, that's, that's where we get the, our modern-day word evangelize. Evangelize, right? Anybody heard of the word evangelize before? And uh, so that's, that's where it comes from. So literally, to bring good news, evangelize means to bring good news. Now, if I were to tell you today that, all right, after service, we're all going to pack up, we're going to go out to the stores, we're going to go out to the mall, and you guys are going to evangelize. Some of you would sit there and be like... I'm going to sneak away from that. Like, I ain't going, that sounds terrible, right? I don't want to go evangelize because maybe you've gone out or maybe you've seen it other places and, and you've had a bad experience evangelizing, right? Maybe you're sitting there, oh, I'm not ready for that. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have the right words to say. Uh, I don't want to, people are going to think I'm weird or I tried it before and it didn't work and the list could go on and on and on. And, you know, maybe you have this idea of what evangelism looks like in your head. Maybe you think, oh, it's reading a script or uh, it's trying to win a debate or, you know, all of these different things. Uh, maybe I'm going to have to put on a tie and a backpack and knock on people's doors. You know, you, you got, you've got this picture of evangelism in your mind. But what the Bible tells us here is evangelism literally means to simply bring good news. Amen. To bring good news. We, we try to make evangelism harder than what it is. We, we try to, you know, make it some scripted thing. But at the end of the day, to evangelize is simply to bring good news. And that's what Jesus said he came to do, was to bring good news. You know, bad news. If you had to go bring somebody bad news, that would be difficult. Bringing bad news to people is hard. I, I can't imagine how hard it would be to be a first responder that has to go knock on someone's door, give somebody a phone call, and let them know that they lost a family member. That, that has to be so difficult 
to bring that bad news. Maybe some of you have had to, had to do that before. I can't imagine how difficult it would be for the surgeon to have to walk out of surgery to, to let the family know that their loved one didn't make it. That's bad news. That would, be, that would be hard. That would be so emotionally draining. I can't imagine what it would be like to be a bill collector for a living and have to call people and say, hey, you owe me money, right? Maybe some of you do that. Lord bless you. But, but that would be difficult to deliver bad news. Now, good news, on the other hand, that's a lot easier to deliver. You know, a doctor coming out to tell him, hey, everything went well with the surgery. Uh, you know, your loved one's going to be just okay. That, that would be, hey, who's not going to get excited about good news there? Uh, last month, uh, just this last month, we got to uh, deliver one of those giant checks, anybody seen one of those giant checks before, to our, our missionaries right here in South Dakota at Black Hills uh, State University, our Chi Alpha missionaries, uh, Mike and Annika, Ms. Linsky, and we got to deliver them a big check to say, hey, the students of South Dakota gave and raised enough money to buy you a new speed light vehicle, Right? That's good news. That's exciting to deliver. That's some, some stuff to get excited about. Uh, it would be pretty easy if you went out to the, the mall or went out to the stores or something like that and just handed out $100 bills to people, right? They would accept you. No one would be like, I don't want that. Get away from me. They'd be like, hey, can I have two? You know, that, that's good news. Good news is easy to deliver. Bad news is hard to deliver. But Jesus came to bring good news. Now, this evangelized word, this to bring good news word, is used 55 times in the Bible, and, and virtually every time the good news that they are referring to is the gospel. That's what it's referring to, because it's the best news out there. Uh, the angels, it, it says they foretold Jesus' birth to the shepherds. They said, we have, I bring you good news of great joy, right? They're saying, I'm evangelizing to you right now. I've got great news to tell you. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born. Uh, 15 times in the book of Acts, we see the early church. This is what they were all about. They went out and evangelized. They went out and brought good news to everyone, everywhere, every time that they could get it uh, because they knew they had good news and they couldn't keep it inside. They wanted to tell people the good news. Again, the greatest news that you can bring anybody today is the gospel. The greatest news that you can bring anybody is the gospel. It's greater than a clean health report. It's greater than, than free money. The gospel is the greatest news that you could bring anyone. I mean, think about it for a moment. Let's just talk through the gospel, right? We know the Ten Commandments. Many of you know the Ten Commandments. Uh, how many of you have broken one of the Ten Commandments before? We all have, right? You think about it. Have you ever lied? Yeah. We all have, right? Have you, uh, one of the Ten Commandments to honor your father and mother. You don't have to fess up to anything here, but how many of us have dishonored our father and mother? Uh, to commit adultery. Jesus says, just to look on someone with lust in a heart is to commit adultery. Or murder. You may not have murdered anyone, but Jesus said that to look on your brother with hate is like committing adultery or like committing murder, right? And, and so all these different things, we look, how many times have we, we taken the Lord's name in vain and instead of, you know, a swear word, we use God's name as a swear word. You know, all these different things where we put other gods before him, we, we put other things higher on our priority list. And, and the Bible calls that sin. 
And the Bible also says that the wages of sin is death. Right? The wages of sin is death. And it's not just just any death. We are all destined to die once, but at the same time, we're all eternal beings. And the death it's talking about is this eternal death, eternal punishment. When we die, we have two options. It's, it's heaven or hell. Eternity with Jesus or eternity without Jesus. And the reality of it is, is that if we have sin in our lives and we die, then we're going to hell. We're, we're spending eternity in hell. That is, that is the bad news. But that's where the gospel comes in. We have good news is that Jesus, who's God himself, came down from heaven, was born as a baby. He lived a perfect life. He wasn't worthy of death. He wasn't worthy of death. He, he didn't have to die, but yet he willingly went to the cross, and he died. Not for himself, but he died for each one of us to take our punishment to take our our sin and and he didn't stay dead he he rose again and and so now we know he's at the right hand of the father and and so when we come to him when we believe in Jesus when we say Jesus would you forgive me would you take away my sin and my guilt Uh, when we do that the bible says that he forgives us and he makes us clean he makes us whole he he makes us new so that way uh, he takes our punishment we no longer are destined to to die. Now we're still going to physically die, but eternally, we get to spend eternity in heaven. Eternity in heaven. Eternity with no more sorrow, no more pain, no more broken relationships. Eternity with God himself. Eternity with our Savior. Eternity with Jesus. That is the gospel. That's the good news. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of good news out there. There's a lot of different things. You know, giving somebody a hundred bucks, it may change their next month. But then that money's gone. Giving somebody the good news that they are cancer-free may change the next 15 to 50 years of their life. But giving somebody the good news of the gospel, that can change their life for eternity. Right? So think about it. Which one is the greatest news out there? The gospel is the greatest news that we could possibly share with anyone. Now, they may not receive it, they may, they may reject that, that gift. They may say, no, I don't, I don't want that $100 and throw it on the ground, right? I don't want your, your greatest news ever. And they, that, that's fine. But we've got, we've got an obligation. You know, if we see somebody who, who's lost and broken, how many people have we walked by and we've not told the greatest news ever, right? They're ignorant that something bad is going to happen, that destruction's ahead, and we need to tell them. Now, I want you to imagine for a a moment this morning. All right, some of you, maybe you're living this right now, but uh, I want you to imagine this morning you woke up and the first thing you did is brewed yourself a pot of coffee, right? Anybody have, have a cup of coffee this morning? All right, you can admit it. That's all right. And uh, you, you're going about your morning, you're getting ready, you drank a cup of coffee, and uh, a little while later, your coffee's running a little low, so you went and you got a second cup of coffee, right? You filled it up again because you were just really, anybody have two cups of coffee this morning already? All right, energy. All right, and then you get to church. You come to Sunday school, 9.30, join us. And uh, you see, wow, man, they got coffee here too. So you go back and get a third cup. Anybody on their third cup of coffee this morning? Yes, I see those hands. All right, I don't want to go any far. We'll stop there. All right, but let's say you, you've had three cups of coffee this morning. You, you, you mosey on into service. You know, you're, you're praising Jesus. You're lifting up your hands. It's a great time. And, and then we, we get to the message, and now you're sitting in your seat, and nature calls. 
but you're just kind of like trapped because it's like, well, man, I should have done this sooner, but I didn't think about that. And, and so now you decide, all right, I, I can't, I, I've got to go to the bathroom, right? So you sneak out. You go to the bathroom, and, and you're out in the hallway. You don't see anybody else around, but all of a sudden you smell something. It's just like, you say, man, that smells a little goofy. And you open up the bathroom door to find the bathroom is, has started on fire, right? So this is hypothetical. This is not happening right now currently. Hypothetical. Just imagine with me. Are you walking? You see it. And it's not something you could just go put out with a fire extinguisher or splash some water on it. Like, it's burning up. What do you do? Right? What do you do? Do you, A, slowly close the door and then quietly, you know, walk past the kid zone, see all the kids playing in there? Oh, that's great. You know, walk past all the early childhood kids. Oh, they're doing a great job. Walk, quietly sneak past the sanctuary. You see it full of people and, and walk to your car and leave. Or do you start yelling, fire, fire, everybody, get out. Again, hypothetical, don't, don't get out. You know, and you pull the fire alarm and you want to tell everybody because you know, like, hey, this place is going, we got we to gotta call 911, we got we to tell everybody what's going on. Because you feel this moral obligation that you want to save the lives of everybody in this building. Right? You wouldn't just sneak out. But yet, how many days do we walk by people that we know that, that the fires of hell, they're destined for them? And we don't tell them. Church, we've got a moral obligation to tell the world the good news. To let them know there's a better way. To let them know that, that, that Jesus came and he died. And, and we can have eternity in heaven if we choose to believe in him. You know, this, this doesn't just apply to our family, or our co-workers, or the people we see every day. But again, this is, this is Missions Month. Think of, the, this is the stat. There's 3.4 billion people in our world who haven't heard an adequate presentation of the gospel. 3.4 billion. That's almost half of our world that, that haven't heard the gospel. Last year at this time, I gave a, the, the same stat, except it was 3.3 billion. So we've had 0.1 billion more people who don't know the gospel doesn't sound like a lot until you realize that's a hundred million people that were maybe born in that time that that haven't had a presentation of the gospel there's 7,398 people groups that aren't reached that aren't reached I want to show you can put that map up um I want you to take a look. This is, this is a map of people groups in the world. Our, our missionary, Jeff Nelson, mentioned the people group that he was working with earlier. And so each dot is a people group. And uh, the, red, the green dots are the ones that are significantly reached, light green partially reached, yellow superficially reached, orange minimally reached, and the red is unreached. So, I mean, just look at that. In almost every, in every country, there's, there's at least one red dot. Right? In, in every place, there's at least one red dot. But there's also that section right in the middle where you see a lot of red, where we've got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of people to reach. We, we call that the 1040 window. You can, you can throw that up. It's lines of, of latitude. Uh, but the 1040 window of, of people that don't know Jesus, that haven't heard the gospel. And so it was amazing to hear the report that, that in Kenya, the 
uh, the Nelsons working with the Rendelli people, uh, that they were able to take an unreached people group to come in to share the gospel, to plant churches, and now that's, that's one of those reached people groups. I mean, praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? That's why we do missions. Right? And, and we've got a part not just to, to tell people locally, but to tell people globally. There's a need out there, right? Fire is burning, and we need to warn you there's a way out, that there's a better way. We've got a moral obligation to tell them. You know, right now in that 1040 window, that's, that's one of the, notice India is pretty much red. That's where our Speed the Light and BGMC project is this year, right? That's, that's who we're trying to reach to some of those unreached people groups who, who just, they don't even know any better. They don't know Jesus. They don't, they don't know. And so we're giving them the opportunity to hear the gospel. We're giving them the opportunity to, to totally change their life, to change a nation. Pastor Sam mentioned earlier, we've got 44 missionaries and ministries we support on a monthly basis. Of those 12, are of those 12 of those uh, missionaries are actively reaching people in that 1040 window. 12 of them. Uh, as you can see, right in the middle of it, I mean, which, what's sad is where Jesus came, to, I mean, God's chosen people, Israel, right? They're sitting right there with unreached people where this all started. And even, even today, you've seen the news, perhaps, if you watched, you know, war going on in Israel. And it just breaks my heart that, that, man, there's a lot of work to do in that window. There's a lot of work to do around our globe. But, but we need to be praying. We need to be praying. We need to be praying for things. We need to be praying for our missionaries. We need to be praying uh, for what God's doing in Israel over there. We need to be praying uh, that, that God moves. We've got a moral obligation to bring good news to people, to let them know of the danger that's ahead. Because this was Jesus' mission when he came to earth. He said, God's anointed me. The Spirit has anointed me to bring good news. To bring good news. That was his mission. And it needs to be our mission to proclaim good news. We are anointed to proclaim good news. Now, second thing in there. It, it said he was anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. To the poor. You know, Jesus... He, he cared for all types of people during his ministry on earth, but you'll notice that he always seems to have a soft spot for the poor, for the overlooked, for the outcasts in society, the people that everyone else wants to forget. And those are the people specifically, first thing on the list, he says, I'm called to proclaim good news to the poor, to the poor. He brings good news to the people who need it most. Uh, you can look at different encounters that Jesus had with the poor in the Bible. You, we see the story of uh, the poor widow who walked in. They're in synagogue one day, and, and they see you know, people walking in. Jesus is with his disciples. They see people walking in, giving an offering. You know, oh, look at how much that guy gave. Look at how much that person gave. And then this widow comes up, and she drops in two small coins. And everybody's probably sitting there like, man. She didn't even give anything. But Jesus taught his disciples, no, she gave the most out of anybody because she gave out of her little. She gave all she had. And he had compassion on the poor. One day Jesus was at the house of a Pharisee and he had invited distinguished guests of honor, his friends, his family. And uh, towards the end of it, uh, he, he told the Pharisee, he said, hey, next time you do this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to change up the guest list a little bit. All right. Instead of inviting all your friends and family and guests of honor, I want you to invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And put on a meal for these people that they will never be able to repay you. 
They're not going to be able to invite you over to their house. They're not going to give you more status because you had them over. But let me tell you what, your reward's going to be in heaven. You're going to be blessed because you noticed, because you cared for people that have been overlooked. Many times Jesus uh, confronted people who thought they had it all together, who thought they had status. And he says, hey, one thing you lack, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And he challenged people to do that. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor. Notice people, you're all concerned about yourself, but do you care about people around you? Many times Jesus was even questioned, hey, why do you spend time with these people? Why do you associate with them? Why do you take your time on them? Well, the simple answer there is because it's his mission. His mission was to go to the poor. His mission was to go to the lowest of low, to let everyone know of the good news. And, and so that's why we, we know that this amazing truth that Jesus is revealing in this passage is that the good news that he is bringing, that he is proclaiming, the good news is for everyone. It's for everyone. He didn't come just to tell the elite. He came to tell everyone the good news, even the least among us, or maybe especially the least among us. Uh, one day it was interesting, John the Baptist, he had come specifically to prepare the way for the Messiah. That was his role, and he knew it. What he didn't know was who the Messiah was. So he had to try to piece that together. He had to figure it out. And, uh, you know, several times he, he thought, you know, I think it's Jesus. I, I'm pretty sure it is. And one day, John the Baptist winds up in prison, and he tells his own disciples, not Jesus' disciples, but John's disciples, he says, hey, I want you to go up to Jesus. I want you to ask him, hey, Jesus, are you the guy, right? Are you the Messiah? So he sends them out. They, they go back, and, and they ask Jesus, are you the guy? I feel like there's a lot of different ways that Jesus could have answered this question. You'd maybe think if somebody wanted proof of the Messiah that, that Jesus would have answered uh, this way. He could have said, well, I have been immaculately conceived, right? Check that box. Uh, he could have said, look at my birth certificate, born in Bethlehem. That lines up, right? He, he could have said, I have great Bible knowledge, and I have been a teacher in the synagogue since I was a little kid. Could have said that. And he could have said and I also have perfect synagogue attendance. But he didn't say any of those things. Right? Instead, in Matthew chapter 11, uh, this was Jesus' response. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. That was his proof that he was the Messiah. He starts talking about all these people that everybody else overlooks. And he says, look at the ministry that's happening there. Look at the difference. Look at how God is, look at how God's changing the poor and the outcast and the hurting and the broken. That was his proof of being the Messiah. Because that was his mission. This is my mission, to come, to proclaim the good news to the poor. Now, if someone today were to ask you, are you a Christian? You know, you say, yeah, I follow Jesus. And they said, prove it. You know, prove how, how do I know that you are a Christian? How would you respond? I think most of us would probably answer, well, I read my Bible, I go to church, you know, I tithe, you know, I try to do good things, and, and, and we would try to, you know, I, I pray every day, and, you know, those are all good things. It's not a bad answer. But if we were to answer similar to Jesus, uh, maybe our answer should sound more like this. Well, I follow Jesus, and, 
And uh, you can tell that because that's why I do service projects or that's why I volunteer at local outreaches. Uh, that's why I pray for people on the streets and, and we're seeing miracles. That's why I tell people about Jesus every week. Right? Do you notice a little bit of a difference there? Jesus says that all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another, not if you attend church enough. Right? Again, important. But how do other people know? It's through our actions. It's through what we do. It's through how we love the people around us. All those other things are, this is what we do for ourselves. I, you know, I attend church. I read my Bible. You know, those are all good. They build us up. They're 100% necessary. But would we respond to say, this is how I affect others. This is how I care for other people. Because that's what Jesus was saying. I came to proclaim good news to the poor. Why to the poor again? Because I believe the poor are much more likely to accept the good news, to hear it, because they know they need help. Sometimes when we have everything that we need, we don't realize that there's a problem. You think, ah, there's nothing I need to get saved from. There's, there's nothing. But when, when somebody's hurting, broken, overlooked, marginalized, they realize, yeah, I need a Savior. And I, 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 need, I need God to help me. Uh, for the last, I think, 20 years now, uh, South Dakota as a whole, um, in the Assemblies of God, we've taken a, a group of teenagers down to El Salvador on a missions trip. Many of you here have probably actually been on it. And, uh, but it's been amazing to see as you go down into this, this nation, you know, you, you get everything worked up, and every morning you get up, uh, get on a bus, and you usually drive for an hour or two into some town, into some village, into uh, some area. And you can see, you know, just poverty around. Not every place is like that, but you go into some areas that are really hit by poverty. You see houses that are just put together with scrap metal or a lot of places trying to defend what little they have with broken glass or different things like that. And so we would set up in a park or in a school or uh, in a small church or something like that. And we'd just go knock on doors and say, hey, come on out. And people would come on out. We, get, we got good news to tell you. Come on out. And, and so we, we bring them all in. Now, in America today, if you would just go knock on people's houses and say, hey, come to the park. Hey, come down the street. We got good news to tell you. No, thank you. Right? It would be hard. It would be difficult. But there it was just, they, they flocked out because they wanted to hear, what do you have to say? What's this good news? And so we would uh, you know, do dances, we would do skits, we would do dramas, and then somebody would share the gospel. Share the gospel, they'd share the good news. And inevitably, at almost every, every outreach that we did, I mean, kids would come down, they'd want to get prayed for. They, they'd come to receive Jesus. Even the parents who were kind of like, oh, I'm not sure about this, they, they'd be coming down to get prayed for and, and receive Jesus, and it was powerful. Because they were hungry, they were desperate. They they needed someone to save them. See, the good the good news isn't available for sale. It's not just for certain people, it's available to all, from the least among us to the greatest among us. And if this was Jesus' mission to proclaim good news to the poor, then don't you think it should be our mission as well? Keys, if you could come up. So today, I just want to, I want to close, I want to close with a little challenge for you today as we look at this 
first part of his mission. How can you bring good news this week? How can you bring good news? Who can you share the good news with? You don't have to follow a script. You don't have to, you, but who can you bring good news to? Who can you share your life with? Who can you share your story with? To let them know there's a better way to, to warn them, hey, there's danger ahead, but guess what? I've got great news. And how can we do this, not just locally, but how can we do it globally as well? I encourage you. We've got, we've got those missionaries that we support on a monthly basis and, and just give you opportunity today just to let you know. Um, I think we had about $4,500 that we're, we're trying to raise each month to, to keep that monthly pledge to our missionaries. And many times, every month, many of you have made that commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to give every month and you mark your envelope missions or you text in missions. And all that money goes directly to our missionaries and, and we reach that 4,500 goal uh, every month. So I, I challenge you, if you've never done that, uh, to start doing that, to start supporting our missionaries. That's one way that you can reach globally to share the good news. You may not be able to go to Africa, but we can support Jeff and Janelle Nelson so that they can go to Africa for us and share the good news to these unreached people groups. So what can you do to partner? What can you do to, to be part of that? What can you do to share the good news with the people around you and be able to share the news to the ends of the world? Because that is our goal. So think about it this week. Who's someone in your life that's just overlooked? Someone that, you know, maybe it's because they're, they're poor. Maybe it's because nobody likes them. Maybe they don't have many friends. Maybe they've got something that's, that's wrong, that, that people are just kind of put off by. Who's overlooked in your life? Because I believe that might be the first person that you need to share the good news with. Proclaim, proclaim good news to the poor. Today, I want to give you an opportunity before we close. If you don't know Jesus, right? if you've never... Today maybe is the first time that you're hearing this good news for yourself. You didn't realize there was destruction ahead. You didn't realize there was a heaven uh, to gain or, you know, a heaven and a hell. So maybe today that's you. So today would you just bow your heads with me? Would you close your eyes? And if there's anybody in this room, we want to give the opportunity to accept Christ. Maybe you've never done it before. Maybe you did a long time ago, but you've been running hard in the wrong direction and and you just need to recommit your life to Jesus today. This is the greatest news that you'll ever hear. This is the greatest day that you'll ever have in your life, that day that you say, I want to follow Jesus. This is something that, a choice that as we make this, it says that heaven rejoices. It's not difficult. You don't have to say any special words, but you simply need to pray from the heart. Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. Would you forgive me? Would you be the Lord of my life? It says when we do that, that we will be saved. Not maybe, not might be, but that we will be saved, that our lives will be different, that we are starting a relationship with Jesus. And now we get to spend eternity in heaven after this life. So today, is there anybody here that you want to accept Jesus maybe for the first time or you just need to recommit your life to the Lord? Would you just... Raise your hand and catch my eye. Nobody else is looking around. 
moment that you can just make between you and God. Let's bring you into this place. Jesus, I thank you for the greatest news the world has ever heard. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this church. Lord, and I thank you for the many people in our communities that don't know you. Or we have a mission field right here that we need to reach, that we need to bring good news to. So, Lord, today I pray that you would equip us, that you would anoint us, that you would prepare us to bring good news, to share our story, to share how you changed our lives, to share how there's a better way. So, Lord, would you bring moments this week? Would you bring situations this week where the Holy Spirit just speaks to us and we know now's the time now's the time to bring good news that everywhere we go that that we would just live differently we would live for you everywhere we go the people would ask us the question why are you different why do you have joy and we'd be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have so Lord I, I pray that you would help us to just engage with people in our community, that you'd help us to lead them to you, that we'd be able to just pray that prayer of salvation. Jesus, we're a sinner. We're in need of a Savior. We believe you died and rose again. And we want to make you the Lord of our lives. And we would see it doesn't have to happen in a church building. It could happen in our home. It could happen at the store. It could happen at work. You have no limitations to where you can move. So Lord, help us to reach the people around us. Lord, help us to reach this world. That's what you've called us to. To Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We've got a lot of work to do. 3.4 billion people, God, who, who haven't heard about you. Lord, may we take that personally. May we take that mission and carry it out. What you started, may we finish. We thank you, Lord. Be with us. Challenge us. Stir our hearts to care about people around us, to care about people in this world who don't know you, to reach the poor, the overlooked, the marginalized. Change our hearts. Help us to see people the way you see people. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? Church, these altars are open. I encourage you, come come find a place if you just need to spend some time with God. But I just want to pray a blessing over you and challenge you, encourage you. Hey, 
keep giving to missions. If you've never tried it before, now's a great time to start. And just make that just a, a monthly thing in your life. We're going to be sharing more about Jesus's mission over these next couple weeks. And we believe that God's going to work in powerful ways as we just kind of see what he's doing around this globe. So let me pray for you one more time. Lord, we thank you so much for your people. We thank you for your church. We pray that you would go with them, that you would empower them. God, that you would fill them with your spirit uh, to be bold in our community, to share your love. God, I pray you'd help us to, to give, not holding on to things tightly, but God, just sacrificially and and to give with joy and with gladness that we get to be part of what you're doing around this globe. Lord, help us to fill heaven. Help us to fill heaven. Help us to expand your kingdom. Oh, God, thank you for using us. Bless your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be blessed, church. Again, these altars are open. Feel free. Uh, But we will see you this Wednesday night at midweek.